I'm Stephanie Howe, co-host of Get Inspired and Innovate, a part of the Education Podcast Network, just like the show you're listening to now. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Welcome to Shooks and Gifts, Season 5, Episode 9. In this episode, I talk about a way to do all the wordles from the past. Yes, all of them. A way to help those with visual impairments, an app that might help keep your life a little quieter, a way to project something on your tablet very easily to your screen on your computer and then to your classroom, ways to get out of boredom, a place to get some sound effects all for free, and how to push slides out to students who already have the slide deck you've pushed out to them. Let's give it a go. Welcome to Shooks and Gifts, the podcast where we share edtech treasures we love. Each week, we'll share a tool, podcast, tip, or trick with you, our listeners. We are your hosts, Kim Polishuk and Jen Giffen. Let's give it a go. Time flies like an arrow. Fruit flies like a banana. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 9. I'm back just by myself. Mostly because none of my kids felt like joining me. (laughs) And I have a few things that I want to share. Not a big episode. I am actually moving out of my house this weekend for uh, a few months. We're doing a major renovation. So I generally record on, you know, Saturday or Sunday morning. But it is Wednesday night and I'm going to record today instead so that we can get an episode out, um, you know, every couple weeks. And I had a couple cool things that came across my feed. So I wanted to share them. First of all... I don't want to say that I'm responsible for the Wordle craze, but if you go back to my last episode and William and I played Wordle, it was like a couple days later that I saw it explode. It was like everywhere. So, you know, I, I'm just doing some like basic connect the dots here. <laughs> just joking. Okay. I'm totally into this Wordle craze. I do it every day. I actually have it saved as an icon on my phone. If you didn't know, you can do that. iPhone users. I've shared this before, but I'll share it again. If you have a website open in Safari, it has to be in Safari, and you are wanting to save it so that it's sort of like easy access instead of a bookmark, because I don't find bookmarks all that user-friendly on on a mobile device. What I do is when I'm on that website, I go to the bottom, down where the URL is now. Why did they change that? Like, seriously, Apple? I, I don't like it down there. Anyway, and you'll look for the Shero. And we know the Shero. If you've listened before, it's that little box with the arrow pointing out. And you're going to click that. And one of your options underneath, like sharing it through text message or airdrop or something like that, you will have the option. If you scroll down a little bit, there's words that say add desktop icon or something or add to desktop. If you click it, it will save basically it's a shortcut to that website on your um, on your home screen. So I have a folder called games and it, it was, it's awesome. Normally it's just like a screenshot of the actual, of the site. But in this case, I guess he's coded it. He's brilliant. The Wordle guy, uh, he's coded it. So it's like a little W and it's like, just like the Wordle, like the green W, white W and the green background. It's amazing. So it looks like an app. Very, anyway, I digress. I started thinking like, oh, these are so fun. And I do them pretty much every day, but I'm like, you know, I, I, I caught on a little bit late because he's been making them since like October, I want to say last year, but interspersed and really came out in in December. So I'm like, I've got like a month of Wordles that I could catch up on because this is the joy of of Wordle, right? If you don't, if you don't do it one day, 
you know, it's it's sort of it's it's gone. You only get one chance and you can't really get addicted. And I think that's why people are addicted because they're like, oh, but I want more. And they have they have to wait. And I, I really like that. But anyway, friend of the show, Michelle Armstrong from Cobblestone Collective put something in our Slack channel saying, did you know that you can use the Wayback Machine for Wordle? And we were all like, mind blown. If you've never used the Wayback Machine, what it does is it captures websites on certain days. So, you know, so sometimes they'll like update a website. You're like, oh, where did that one go? I really want that old version or whatever. You can use the Wayback Machine. So um, it's web.archive.org or I just Google web um, or Wayback Machine. Sorry. And when you get there, you put the URL of a site boom, you put it in. And for this, I put in the Wordle site. Well, of course, Wordle isn't just like wordle.com. He hasn't bought the domain. The guy's just like, hey, here's my website. So you put that into the bar at the beginning. And then it says, okay, here you go. And it gives you almost like it looks like a heat map for a calendar. And then you can click on the days to see how many changes were made. So you click it and then it'll say, hey, X number of changes. And you click one of them and it'll show you what it was that day. So if you want to go back and do a whole bunch of Wordles, my friends, that's how you do it. Wayback Machine. I have a link on, in the show notes directly to the Wayback Machine site for Wordle. And like I said, you can go back to all the way to October 15th was the first one that they have on record. It's pretty cool. Once you're in there, there'll be a little sort of arrow and calendars up on the top right hand side. And you can navigate to the next day or back to other days if you want. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Share number two. I how many how many do I have here today? I have two, four, six, seven. Little they're like itty, itty bitties today. We're a bunch of itty bitties. The second one is called Be My Eyes. It's an app, and I was uh, attending an online webinar. I don't even know why I bother saying that. Like it's not like I do anything live anymore. But um, I was attending a webinar about inclusivity, and it was for librarians, mostly public libraries, not school librarians, just to be inclusive in the different ways that we can make text accessible for our patrons. I thought, yeah, I'll attend this. This sounds pretty cool. It was one of the days that we were still learning from home. Today was actually my first day in, in back in a school. And it went okay. It went okay. I kept feeling like I was like early onset menopause because my mask, they gave us N95s, which is beautiful. But I'm never going to have a good hair day again. And it just gets so hot. I've kept overheating. And a lot of women on staff and I were talking about it and sort of joking around. Anyway, um, so I was attending. I was at home. So I had opportunities during the day more so than usual when I'm, you know, interrupted by students who need some help. Um, with this, I, you know, I got emails, but I could answer them sort of at my leisure. I attended this thing. Eventually, I'm going to get to my point, I promise. <laughs> I attended this webinar and they talked about different ways that we can help, you know, people with uh, who are blind or with visual impairments. And they talked about this app called the Be My Eyes app. And it's an app for people who have visual disabilities and people who are sighted. And I logged in and I'm like, okay, I'm going to download it. And I log in and I say, you know, I am someone with sight. And what happens is they say it takes a couple of weeks, but you basically become a volunteer on this site. And if someone who has visual impairment needs help, like let's say the example they give on the on, in the app itself when you're testing it is I have these two sweaters and I want to wear the red one which one is it and you say oh it's the one on the right and they're like okay thank you and they hang up they just need your eyes for a split second to ask you some questions maybe to read a price on something maybe to choose something with a color maybe to give you directions or read a sign somewhere and this is how it works and it's a network of volunteers there's like 5.5 million volunteers and I think there were like 300 and some odd thousand um, people with visual impairments who are on this. And they said, you wait a couple of weeks, you may not get a, a call right away, but you get a pop-up, a notification, as you do with a lot of apps. And it says, hey, you know, someone needs your help. You can accept or decline. 
if you accept, then the call starts. If you decline, then it just goes to the next person in the queue. They will get helped. You don't, don't worry, you're not leaving someone out on the lurch. But I thought, what a wonderful way to give back to people a couple seconds at a time, you know, a couple times a week. Be My Eyes is the app. Download it, volunteer, feel really good. Awesome. The next one is the Too Noisy app. Now, full disclosure, I haven't tried this out. And the funny thing is I actually have like a noise meter thing in my library learning commons that I don't use. I think it's it's kind of funny because I don't mind if it's noisy, but I was thinking this for my own kids when they get loud. Um, but it's an app you can download and it's a noise management app. So the interface is is actually pretty cute. Um, it, it sets it up that you, I, I think you can set up the levels that you want and it has this like little sunshine and there's nice bright blue skies and there's a meter at the bottom. There's nice bright blue skies and this like sunshine with a smiley face when the noise is good. When it starts to get a little bit louder, it turns yellow and he's got like this like worried face and then he gets really, really sad and he plugs his ears when it gets into the red zone and the background turns black. It's, it's really cool. So if you're thinking like, wow, yeah, it's noisy and, you know, you want your students or in my case, my children to self, um, self-regulate with their noise, this is something to check out. It's totally free. Um, it's available for iPads and it's available for iPhones. It gets really good ratings. And I saw it and I thought, you know what, there's some people who could probably use this. Like be it, you know, if you have a work period or if you, um, you know, at lunch when kids get like crazy, crazy loud. The one thing I don't know is if you can set the tones. Like if you can say, okay, I'm okay with noise up to here. Because we all have different thresholds that we're able to handle. But it's pretty, it's pretty cool. Link in, in the show notes, of course. Two Noisy Starter, it's actually called. Two, and it's for ages four plus, which I laughed. I'm like, I'm okay, are they using this or we shouldn't use it with children under that? I just, I, I find age um, restrictions really funny. All right, next I have Air Sketch Free. It's called Air Sketch Free. Now, this is really cool. Um, we're using technology a lot more, not only in our own classrooms, you know, face-to-face, but when we're hybrid or whatnot. And there's often times that you might have something on a tablet that you want to project onto your screen, which then might project onto a bigger screen in your space. And certainly in my library, I do this all the time. I just want to, when I'm teaching sketch noting, for example, today was a, a perfect example of this. I was like, oh, I have it on my iPad, but I don't want to be tethered to my actual, my computer. So I don't want to like, you know, hook up my cord. There's this app. It's called AirSketch Free. I use another one called um, uh, Reflector, the Reflector app by Air Squirrels. This is a cool one as well. It, it's free, which I like. Um, it was When I've used it, when I've tried it, it's been pretty reliable. And basically what you do is you wirelessly project and it, it opens a blank canvas. So you sketch something on there. You can't type anything, but you can write something out and then it will automatically work with your computer so it opens up the same program on your computer and mirrors exactly what you've done on your ipad onto your computer in a really quick way now that i think this is really cool i know i can already do this with my ipad onto my mac but if you have an ipad and a pc or if you have an android tablet and a mac or an android tablet and a pc this might be a solution for you you basically just open the air sketcher you go to a url you don't even need to put anything on your computer so it doesn't need to be your own computer if you have a classroom computer And then you draw, everything that you draw is going to appear in that browser window and voila, you're done. So if you're doing really quick sketches with students, I'm thinking like science teachers or even math teachers, like they actually have an example here about Pythagorean theorem. I think it'd be really cool. Again, it's called Air Sketch Free. Cool way to be able to project things from your tablet. And I I don't know, hold on, let me check this actually. I don't know if it's, it might be available 
it might be available. I'm going to check right now while we're here. Hold on. Can I go down here and it tell me? I'm going to go into my Air or my, my App Store and see if it would also work from a phone. I didn't even think about that because I have the iPad, so that's where I do all my sketching. But imagine if we could just do this really quickly to show something on our phone. Air Sketch. This is, this is good. This is good. Um, doesn't look like it's actually on. No, it looks like you can't get it on the phone. I don't think you can. I think it's I think it's um, iPad only, but I could be wrong on that. So definitely go check. I'm not seeing it and I don't want to waste a whole bunch of time on the podcast with me going through trying to figure out the app store. So air sketch free, really cool. If you want to um, scribble something really quickly, if you don't have a document camera, this is a good solution for you. All right, more than halfway there. Now, the next thing that I have, and this was good for me. I don't know about you, but I found myself, I got really bored, really bored over the winter break, like those two weeks we had off. And I'm okay with bored. I actually like bored. You know, Manu Shimrodi wrote a book called Bored and Brilliant. I, I think our mind does really great things. But if you're looking for something to do, or if you have, you know, people around you who are like, I'm bored, and think that it's your responsibility to tell them how not to be bored, there is this really cool website called Treeps. I think that's how you pronounce it. T-R-E-E-P-S dot A-I. And it says, okay, how are you feeling right now? Explose activities in accordance with your mood. I'm not really sure what explose means. Maybe that's a word I just don't know. At any rate. You can say, okay, I'm feeling right now, I'm feeling motivation or fun, romantic, tasty, sporty, relaxing. So I'm going to say, I feel like relaxing, you know, it's sort of like the end of a day here. And then it offers you different activities that you might do. And it, it you can say, you know, where are you? And I can say, okay, I'm, I'm at home. This is okay. Here's, here's some, some ideas. So ideas that they've pulled up here is write a hundred goals. You can't reach the objects of your desire if you didn't set goals properly. Right. Play the lotto, right? Go and, you know, play the lotto maybe online. Make a list of films for viewing. In fact, I just downloaded a really fun app when I was, because I have too many streaming services. I think we all have too many streaming services. But I found this one app that I was like, okay, I need to keep track of what I'm doing because we'd fall behind and be like, oh, I forgot we watched that. So I found it's called TV Time. And you can say, here are the shows I watched. And as you watch them, you can like tick them off for episodes. So if you fall behind and it tells you, hey, you know, this is us is airing in an hour. Get your tissues ready. That's what it told me last night. Um, so that that's really cool. Anyway, so yeah, you can make a list of films in that TV time app. Uh, they What else they say? Listen to the drops of rain. And then it says more details under each of these. So I'm going to go to the drops of rain. And it's like, oh, download the Treeps app. Okay. And I guess if I download the app, it'll play that for me. Um, what else do they have in here? Cook some borscht. I can do that. And sure enough, it will send me a recipe. Now, for all of these, it seems that they're all actually saying download the app for the ones that I've seen. Um, if you want more from them, you can download their app and maybe they'll send me a recipe. But even just to eyeball them and be like, hey, here's a really cool thing that I can do. Like, let's draw everything you feel. I, could, I don't need to download an app for that. I can just do that. It's a really cool list of things that you might want to do. Um, enroll your pet in a pet care course. Try to make a parody make hot chocolate, enroll in a vocal course, have a dance battle. These are really fun things. And I think we could really apply them into the classroom too in a few ways. If it's like, okay, we have some extra time. Let's go into Treeps and see what they offer us. What do we want to do? I think they could also make really cool writing prompts as well. Here's the writing prompt for today. What are you going to write about? thought that was really cool. Treeps, it is called. Treeps. All right. Second to last one that I have to share today is BBC Free Sound Effects. So, 
you know, you everyone knows how I feel about using copyright material and we don't want to do that, certainly. And I, I love to have consumer creators rather, not consumers. So I'm always looking for ways to get sound effects and, you know, video clips in in a free way and have a plethora of those for my students um, to work with. And I just found that the BBC has these. So I often will go to like the YouTube um, audio library which is fantastic. I've talked about it on the show before, but I found this one and this is the BBC, like the British Broadcasting Corporation. They have sound effects. You can make your own soundscapes. Um, they talk about their licenses. They have a whole bunch. You can you can download or you can browse rather categories. So like footsteps or electronics or daily life. And, and I'm going to go into one of these and see how it sounds here. I'm going to turn on my computer a little bit. So I chose daily life. And here is, oh, America 2. Evangelical Church Congregation Restless. What does it sound like? All right, so far. Okay, I'm not sure. And this is four minutes long. So if you needed that in the background, right, if you're making a film or something, if your students are making a film, that's pretty cool. Oh, here's hospitals, like outpatient atmosphere. What's this? All right, babies and infants here. Also, this might be crying babies. I don't want to trigger anyone. Oh gosh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't need to hear crying babies. That brings back bad memories when my kids weren't sleeping. Okay, so yeah, there's a whole bunch in here. If students are looking for that kind of media, you can, and they're like they're not 10 second clips, which you often find. These are some of them are longer. Here's one that's 12 seconds, but here's some that are three minutes, um, some four minutes, two minutes, six minutes long. That's five to seven year olds in class. That one might be funny. So yeah, great place to look at it. It's, um, it's linked in the show notes, but I'm going to go back. It's sound-effect.bbcrewind.co.uk. Um, again, all free, all out there, creative commons. Let's throw them, um, to students to be able to do that background noise or if they're like for me like if they're recording a podcast like this and they want that ambient noise or they're doing some sort of like read aloud with stories um, I'm sure you could download these and import them into something like Soundtrap there'd be a lot of really cool uses I think it's pretty awesome okay last share last one I want to share with you today is push to slides now I've seen this before totally forgot about it not sure if I've ever shared it here and I'm pretty sure Alice Keeler has some sort of um, application for this. I'm almost positive she does, but I was, uh, in my shakeup learning, you know, trainer group community and Pam Hubler asked the group, she's like, does anyone remember this? And I said, isn't that Alice's? And she said, no, I've seen it in another one. So she found it. It's from cotton tech coach on YouTube. There's a video, but what this, what this woman does, whose name, I, sorry, I don't know her real name. Um, she, that's what she goes by on YouTube. Basically, she teaches you if you wanted to create, in her case, she was creating a lab book for her her science students. She's like, you know, I want them to have this whole book, but I, I don't want to have the rigmarole of, okay, add this to your book and then they forget and it's shared and how do we get here and how do we do this? And she said, here is exactly how you can push slides out to students effectively. It was so cool. So I'm going to link the video, but I'm going to try to walk through basically what she does. She creates a teacher copy of all the slides. Okay. So she goes through now and she says, if you don't know what the slides are going to look like, that's totally fine. It could literally just be a title page and then a whole bunch of blank slides, but you need to make sure that you have all the slides. So if you know, there's going to be 
20 different pages, put 20 blank slides because you can't add extra after it. So you have to have the set number from what I understood from this tutorial. So you go in, you set them all up how you want. It might just be the title of each of the labs you're doing. For example, it might be a writing prompt for that. It might, whatever it happens to be. Then you go and you make a new, you don't make a copy of, you can't do it that way. You're going to make a brand new slide deck and you're going to call it like student copy of, for argument's sake, um, lab book. You're going to go back to the teacher copy of the lab book. You're going to copy all of the slides into the student copy. Now, if you've used Google Slides before, what you know about this is when you import slides from another presentation in, you'll get a little pop-up that says, do you want to match the formatting of this slide deck or link to the original source? And that's what you want to do. You want to make sure you click link to original source. Okay. Now it's time for the magic to happen. You go into Google Classroom. You make that copy for every student. And what you want to link is the student copy. Okay, the student copy and push it out one to every student. Now it's day three of our lab. I'm going to go in as the teacher and I'm going to add things to that original copy. Okay, the teacher copy of things. I make the changes and then I can say to students, okay, go into your lab books. I just made a change on slide five. You should see the little link. And you know how it does that, right? If you've updated the original, it'll be like, hey, changes have been made or make updates. I forget exactly what it says. But they click that little, it looks like a little chain. They click that and all the changes you made in your copy will override onto that slide. So they don't want to have anything in there yet because they'll lose some of their information. But everything will boom, boom, populate into theirs. So every day there could be something new pushed out to them. So if you're ever like, I really want a big long slide deck, but I don't know what it's going to look like yet because I don't know how quickly we'll go. I don't know where we'll go. We're going to teach to the students in front of us. This is a way you can do that. If you sort of get it but need to see it, the link to the video is in the show notes. For me, it was just like, oh, yes. I remember seeing it and being like, wow. But now, especially that we're so much online and right now we're like hybrid, not hybrid because our students in my district have choice to come back or not for their own safety and their comfort level, which I like that. I appreciate that we've done that for our students. This could be a real game changer for a lot of teachers, given how much digital work we are doing and the fact that we don't know when we're going to see them in person or at home. So we don't necessarily have the ability to walk them through in a clear way. Um, this this is a simple like push that button. And it'll be all updated for you. Good to go. And that's it. That's what I have for us today, my friends. I hope you're all doing well. I hope you're staying safe. And if I've uh, inspired you in any way in this episode, you know what to do, my friends. If you have that aha, uh -huh, give it a go. See you next time. That's it for this week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you think others might enjoy some of this learning, please give us a rating. Show notes for this and all episodes can be found at shooksandgif.com. That's S-H-U-K-E-S-A-N-D-G-I-F-F.com. As always, we would love to hear your ahas on the Anchor app. On our website, on the embedded Flipgrid. Or by tweeting at us, sending us an email. Or talking to us in real life. I'm Kim Polishuk, and I can be found on Twitter at Kim Polishuk. And I'm Jen Giffen, and I can be found at Virtual GIF with two Fs. Thanks for listening to Shooks and GIF. And as always, have an aha, give it a go.
Shooks and GIF is a proud member of Voice Ed Radio. Your voice is right here. For more great content, go to voiceed.ca. Okay, breaking news. Since I recorded earlier this evening, I've since learned from my friend Darren Malte in our cobblestone Slack channel called Wordle, because we're nerds, and Michelle Armstrong started one. There's a better way to get past Wordles. You don't need to use the Wayback Machine like Michelle suggested, although you could. But there's this other website called Wordle Archive. I've linked it in the show notes. It's kind of long. It's like um, devankthakar.com. It's it's a guy who has decided to put up Wordle underscore archive, forward slash Wordle, Wordle underscore archive. And sure enough, you can go through and select which puzzle you want. It's so good. You say, okay, go to the like the very first one or go to the next one. And he has first previous choose where you can put in the number that you want. And he has from one all the way up to 213. So if you're addicted to Wordle, like many people are, and you need to try them all, like the Pokemon got to catch them all. This is the site for you, friends. Head on over to the show notes. So fun. What is it with this game? Why is it so fun? By the way, if you love this game, it's totally a ripoff of a game that I used to play in the 80s with my family called Mastermind, where instead of words, you did color combinations, which might be easier for younger learners or for people who maybe aren't English speakers. Still that critical thinking. Mastermind. It's amazing. Love it. Wordle. Go do it. Awesome. See ya.